If you want to support our podcast financially, please visit patreon.com slash IIMBSB. Also, email us with questions or ideas at ifimaypodcast at gmail.com. In this episode, we interview health at every size dietitian and body trust counselor, Aaron Flores. We explore what it's like for men who participate in diet culture, why it's hard to quit, and what quitting diet culture offers you. Welcome to If I May Be So Bold, a podcast about relationships. The ones we have with others, the one we have with ourselves. And given that Dan and I are a couple, you're going to be hearing about our relationship too. I'm Dan Epstein, a recording artist, former opera singer, and relational coach. I'm Justin Waring Crane, a therapist, recovering perfectionist, and karaoke star. Aaron Flores is a registered dietitian nutritionist based out of Los Angeles, California. He has a private practice in Calabasas and works at the Center for Discovery as Senior Coordinator for Weight Inclusive Care. Aaron uses intuitive eating and health at every size in his work to help individuals learn how to make peace with food and their bodies. He is a certified body trust provider and the co-host of the popular podcast, Dietitians Unplugged. He also has a new podcast called Men Unscripted, which you can check out. I'm really excited to get to talk to you for a bunch of reasons. For me, like, so I had mentioned on a previous episode of ours that I had struggled and still struggle uh, with an eating disorder, disordered eating, um, and body shame. So I, you know, and like my, I started to really struggle with that as an adolescent. And um, I was very much going through that experience by myself. It was not something I told anybody about. Um, And then even in like, as I started to sort of move away from bulimia, which is what I had, what I was dealing with, like still I went, that was so long ago. That was like, you know, from 2002 to 2000, um, probably eight, you know, or so that I was like really, really, um, struggling with bulimia. And then that was, you know, 2008 was so long ago. So like all these years have gone by, I say that all to say, like, I had never really heard any, um, you know, men, any men like male presenting people speak about, fat phobia or, um, or eating disorders in connection with the male experience. Um, until I heard you on an episode of 10% happier, which people should check out. It's a great interview. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm setting that all up just to say like, what sets you up to go on this path of becoming, um, a health at every size dietitian and working with intuitive eating and body trust and all of these things. Yeah, sort of like the origin story, right? Of how we got here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What set me up? I mean, it's a really good question. I like how you frame it a lot because I I think 
what set me up is uh, years and years of feeling really uncomfortable in my body. I mean, to be honest, I mean, like that's what sort of teed me up for all this stuff. Uh, I and and I think what I know now, having done this work as a you know in this space for you know a little bit of time now, is like I didn't realize probably how bad it was when I was younger. Like I didn't really have much awareness, to be honest. I was just sort of like, oh, okay, I think you know I'm just a teenager or whatever, and just sort of awkwardly struggling through my twenties and trying to find a path in my late twenties and, you know, settling into life in the thirties. But I think what I realize now is that, that there was definitely a lot of really intense pressure to look a certain way, um, to have a body that performs a certain way, especially like athletically. Um, and, and it wasn't, you know, I think, have you know growing up white cis male i that that pressure felt different probably than what a lot of other uh folks and genders might experience but i think for me it was it was a very subtle sort of like underlying message and so i saw my first dietitian at the age of 15 uh and i didn't do anything she told me to do but i went and um i sort of I guess I stored that information until I uh, went to college or actually probably after college and I dropped out of college. Um, but I, you know, struggled with food and being in my body for, for years and really like dove into dieting really intensely in my mid twenties. And that's what led me to become a dietitian. Like I started, if you were to interview me for this podcast in 2007, uh, we would be having a very different conversation. I was hoping to be Richard Simmons, right? I wanted to like tell everyone because I lost weight. So can you like, it's sort mm. of that kind of hubris uh, mentality that I, that I came to this profession in and it was a 180 to get to here. So, so, I mean, what set me up was um, realizing that I did not have permission to be in any other body than a small one, right? And I didn't have any other permission to be in a body other than like, I would even say like a small and uh, muscular, right? Or, or defined body. Uh, and, and I think I, I could not have told you what weight stigma is or fat phobia is, you know? I, I, I would assume that is my my family's fear of butter and that's why we have margarine on the table that's what i would assume fat phobia would have been um so i don't think much of this would have been in my wheelhouse hadn't it you know hadn't it been for all those experiences i consider you like a very rare person in that, like you are doing this work from this lens. Why is it important for men to be interested in dismantling fat phobia and diet culture? Um, and like also kind of like what's in it for them? Because I think one of the things that I feel like is a reason a lot, like people in power, like men, you know, in our culture have a lot are, you know, more dominant in these ways, like historically. And it's like, why change if things are just like working for you? So like what 
like why why is it important for things to be different? So really, you know, it, it makes me think about other social justice movements, right? And why should I, you know, if I'm not gay, why do I need to like make sure I'm thinking about LGBTQ uh, issues? Like, why do I need to advocate for this? And the reality is because our liberation is tied. All of our liberations are tied together, right? So it's not just getting, like freeing myself from fat phobia, it's freeing all of us. And I think, you know, there's so many ways to answer this. And I think, you know, it, it could be like a whole separate interview in some ways, because I think, but like, to try to put it succinctly, I think we become, I think we become better by dismantling fat phobia for ourselves. I think we understand how it impacts our daughters, our wives, our moms, our granddaughters, um, any, and any gender identity that shows up. I think we understand the role, the power that we can have in this world around bodies. And it, and it makes the place safer, not, maybe not for us, right? But for the folks around us. Okay, so that's number one. And some people might, might not might hear that and say like, well, I don't care about everyone else. What about me, right? So for us, right, for the individual, um, the reason we have to, the re, we don't have to, I don't like that word. The reason this is important work for us is I don't think it's working. That's, that's is, is the main point is people will say, well, everything's fine. I don't think everything's fine. And I think if we really paid attention, we would see that everything is not fine. We have more and more uh, male identified folks having eating disorders. We have more and more folks um, struggling with how to exist in their body and dieting and yo-yo dieting and engaging in, you know, this sort of bro fitness culture that, you know, we think this is the solution. And it's not fine, right? None of that is really working for us. I think it's really actually just putting up more barriers and walls. And I think you, you mentioned an interesting point, Daniel, too, because I think when you come, and I'm going to speak just as a cis white male, when you come from a, uh, an identity that is so privileged, you sort of walk around the world like this is every space is mine, is made for me. I'm allowed to be in and made with me in mind. And then when you're, and I, I use the word fat all the time, not as a negative, but just as a descriptor. But when you're fat, you sort of realize, oh shit, here's the first place that I'm, I don't fit. And this is really uncomfortable. Like now that I don't fit, because I fit everywhere else. I've had 25 years of fitting. And now I don't fit. Like, how do I handle that? There's no tools. We don't have any resources for to deal with marginalization when it happens. And so it's like a big, like for some folks, it's going to be like a big slap in the face. Mm. And, and I think the reason we have to do this work is because the ways in which we're talking about bodies and talking about food and continually emphasizing a thin ideal is harming all of us. 
And I think healing and realizing that we need to heal is probably for some folks, maybe just the first thing to sort of accept is that like, wow, this is, you're right, Aaron, this is really not working. I never really thought about it, but it's really not working. Yeah. What, what was flashing through my head, um, as you were talking about like this, not working, um, was like remembering going to college and, uh, I was, you know, like still kind of really in it with disordered eating and going to the gym and like just seeing the gym culture, because I hadn't really been around like gym culture. And it's so severe, like the energy around working out. And like, it's such a crazy energy that I did like even then feel like, wait, these people are healthy? <laughs> like this is healthy? Because it doesn't feel healthy. Uh, uh, well, and I wouldn't even, I would go a step further and it's celebrated. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, it's like, oh, wow, you are awesome, dude. You had, you like lifted this and you lifted seven days in a row and mm-hmm. the eighth day you had a cheat day, dude, you are crushing it, right? You are, you, you are like, look at how ripped you are. Look at like, look at the PR you have. Like, I mean, right. it's such like, and right. Yeah. It's like, this is the way to do it. This is, and like, again, mm-hmm. turn on the TV and like, I love, I love Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, look at like Chris Evans, look at like stars, men, act, male actors who are in these like sort of roles and they're praised for the eating disorders that they develop to obtain the bodies that they need to have for this movie. And, and again, they'll go on a talk show and, and where like, again, Kim Kardashian will get backlash for it. Chris Evans will get praised. Mm. Yeah. So it is celebrated, right? It's celebrated in a really big way for men mm-hmm. to get chiseled, to get, to like be a gym rat, to be obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the toll that takes is, is astronomical. Yeah. Like what would it be like if, if guys were like broing down about like, I ate as much ice cream as I wanted, you know, till I felt satisfied, <laughs> like, cool, man. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to have you talk a little bit about your kids and what it was like um, raising them in Southern California, in this culture that's very obsessed with (laughs) thinness, but really it's actually just about health and like, you know, all the the wellness, right. It's about thinness, but we're saying it's about health. So, (laughs) so then that's all cool. Uh, So yeah. What was, what was that like? Uh, I'll tell you, it was harder. It's harder being a dietitian and raising kids and then dealing with this. Yeah. I'm, I'm a pretty good dad. I'm a pretty good dietitian. Being a dad and a dietitian is really fucking hard. Like, mm. I think that was really hard as my kids were young. You know, I'm talking like uh, first few years of life and trying to build a foundation for food. That was really hard. Um, and just having to do one. Right. I don't need to be both here or, you know, I'm just going to be a dad and I'm just going to not be as in my head about food and trying to make it not restrictive or like, you know, a healthy place. I'm just going to like, just sort of let some of that go. So that was hard. Um, as they got older. Yeah. It's definitely hard. Um, 
and it changes, right? It changes, you know, your interactions with kids, parents, your, your friends, parents and, or their friends, parents, excuse me, um, over time changes, you know, when they're the elementary school, you're really involved with all the parents. And I, I wouldn't say we were the most popular folks <laughs> around. Yeah. Um, because. And, uh, well, I mean, I'm fat. That's one. I think that has a, you know, when everyone's wearing Lululemons and, you know, mm. ripped tank tops and, you know, uh, I don't know, the fat, wow. fat dad doesn't get as much love, I think, in a lot of ways or get invited to the cool things. Um, I also think that, you know, my, I'm really thankful for my partner. She has come along this journey with me and, and supports all of this and has internalized it herself. And so like, you know, it's hard when someone sort of says, Hey, uh, uh, you know, don't feed my kid so-and-so when they come over and I'm like, eh, we, we don't have, we, we, we don't do that in this house. Right. Or, <laughs> you know, when, or when you're sort of vocal about, you know, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah. We're having to write a letter to school, like saying, Hey, why is there a diet question in the math book? Right. <laughs> why are they trying to, why are they learning to subtract calories? Right. Is there a different question we could use? Um, and sort of, so I think, you know, I think that's part of it, but I also, but again, I think, Going back to Danny, what you said, I think it's, I, I think there is, um, with, with the emphasis on bodies, um, there's an authenticness that is hard around all of that. Right. And, uh, and, and especially when I'm, you know, I, I live in a part of LA that is also pretty privileged, right. Where a, a lot of times it's one, only one family working, one family member working and the other is not. Um, and you know, so I think there's a lot of like, oh, we're going to CrossFit today. You know, my, my kids always said we were the last, we were the first to get dropped off for preschool and we were the last to get picked up. I was like, yeah, cause we were, I think the only parents that both worked yeah. everyone else. Right. Okay. No. And so, you know, sure. I think it's, it, there's privilege there that shows up. That's a little bit different. Um, I think there's an emphasis around bodies and like, what are we, what are we not eating? What are we eating this week? And like, sort of. I don't want to be around any of that. Right. So if like you're on a diet yeah. and you're doing a cleanse or you're, I just don't want to even like have it around me. Right. So I, I probably distanced myself too. It probably wasn't yeah. just that. It was probably me. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Which is so like hearing you say that, I'm just like, yes, totally. And I totally relate to that. Cause I also feel really similar. Like I want to shut down when people are talking about what diet or fitness regimen they're on. Um, but Diet is one of those things where it's so present, like, like it's so present, just the mindset, the idea that we should aspire to be thin, like you can only remove yourself from it so much, right? Uh, yes. And well, and, and let's add a layer then of being a dietitian, right? <laughs> so then they're asking me, oh, so what should I do? Right. Or they're worried about eating in front of me or okay. they're eating, they're worried about like, what am I going to say? when I go over to their house to eat and I'm, am I judging their meal? And I'm like, I don't think you know what kind of dietitian I am. Like, I don't think you know what I'm really doing. I don't right. care what you eat. Like, I really don't care what you feed me. Like I will eat everything. The only time I will care is if you're my client and, eat, and then I'll care, but without judgment. So I don't really, but like, I don't care what you eat. 
And I learned something when I was in school to become a dietitian because people will ask like, oh, well, what do you think of this? What do you, I'm doing this. Is that, what should I be doing? I was like, just answer with that's nice. Uh-huh, that's nice. Uh, Great. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. So, so, so that's the added layer, right? Is that people think yeah. because of my profession, they think, they assume something that's very different. I think the, of course. I think you're right. It is everywhere, right? And, it, and I think going back to the, sort of the earlier question is, because I don't know if I really answered it, is like, how do I deal with that with my kids is naming it that it's everywhere, mm-hmm. right? From a very early age, like, oh, like I really don't like how they treat Kevin in the office. Like, why are there always like fat jokes about Kevin, right? Mm-hmm. And why do they always make fun of Stanley who has diabetes? Like, mm-hmm. that's pretty crappy. Like, I wish they didn't do that, right? Sure. Or like mm-hmm. pointing out like, oh God, you know, uh, Oprah's on this Weight Watchers ad again. I, I really hate how she does that, right? Or like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just note, like pointing out like when it shows up in our world mm-hmm. and saying like, no, I don't, I don't, like that. And then as our kids got older, is understanding that our bodies are different, right? And that there's going to be body diversity and it's okay to use the word fat in this house. Mm-hmm. We're not going to, it's not a bad word. You can describe my body as that. And it's not like bad. We're not going to have negative body comments in the house. Mm-hmm. My, my parents and my in-laws didn't get that for a long time, right? Like, why can't we just say like, oh, I got to lose 10 pounds before the cruise because I don't want my kids hearing that that's how we talk about our bodies, right? It's mm-hmm. like, so it's like sort of creating, it is everywhere. And I also think we can do things really intentional to keep it at bay, right? To keep, to not, it doesn't come in the house. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it happens everywhere, but not in this house. I love, I love that. Yeah. It can be like a sanctuary and just like exhale at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So important. There's a, um, we have it up in our house, but there's a, a woman, Gloria Lucas, who has an organization company. Uh, she started this group called Nalgona Positivity Pride. Uh, and, and she sells on her Etsy a poster, right? And it's like, in this house, there's no, ne- there's no body talk, right? There's no concern trolling. Uh, we don't assume gender norms. Um, a, a few other things. And like, we put it, I have one in my office, but I, I put it in our house. You know, because I'm like, you're just, if you're coming over, you're going to see that this is what we believe in this house, right? Around bodies. Um, I want to ask about, you know, I think so much of um, the pressure, I mean, I don't, I'm not a man, so I don't, I can't speak to this, but um, it just seems like the pressure around needing to be thin as a man or muscular, have this like certain body type is about um, not just dominance or power, but also about like power through physical attractiveness or through desirability. Mm-hmm. How do you define physical attractiveness for yourself? Yeah. Again, really brought really like, <laughs> again, probably like a three hour discussion in that. itself. So, um, well, I think the first thing is beauty standards are learned. 
beauty standards are learned. Like we are influenced by society around us about what is beautiful. And, you know, I think part of at least my journey in that is seeing how that's changed, right? And how, um, you know, how much, again, so I, I grew up, there was not social media. There was, you know, there was movies and there was magazines and, you know, um, but like how we are taught, right, that this is what's beautiful. And, and it's, and I think we probably learn a lot as men through porn about what is beautiful. Um, I think we learn a lot through porn about power also um, and how harmful that can be, right? If there's no other sort of discussion around it. Um, and, you know, I think one of the things that is important to challenge that learned, you know, how we see beauty is the ability to see other bodies represented in a beautiful way or in a sexy way or in a sexual way um, or in an attractive way. And I think that's why having like art that represents fat bodies is so important. And I think seeing, you know, um, like in movies, seeing a fat person have a relationship, right? And, um, and an arc. And, and, <laughs> and an arc that isn't about weight loss or isn't right. a comedy arc. Um, I think is really important. And I think as we see these things, we also know that it can, like, one, we're allowed to have it. Um, and so I think for me, I mean, it's, a, it's such, a, such a hard thing to sort of put down, to, to sort of think about in some, or to name in some ways, because I think first off, what, what I find really beautiful is, I think embodiment is beautiful. You know, and I think, um, someone, no matter what their body is, but like feeling connected to it is beautiful. Um, I think, I think emotions are beautiful, you know, and I think uh, someone that can like hold emotion and be with emotion is beautiful. And I will also be totally honest. I think it's much easier for me to find beauty in other people than in myself still. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, I think that is, I mean, just to be honest, I think that this is journey is not over for me, right? Yes. Just because I go on these podcasts and talk doesn't mean I have it all figured out and it's unicorns and rainbows. Yeah. It's really fucking hard. Like it's really hard. And, and I still struggle with that. Right. And I still struggle like really like I've, my body's changed and it aged like aging is a, oof. The hard one, right? To think about beauty, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and and I'm just starting to sort of feel that aging part of it. But like my point is, it is still hard to like find things that are beautiful in me. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, right? Like, oh, like that's mm -hmm. a, a beautiful. Like when my partner says, like, you know, I'm I'm attractive or beautiful. I'm like, I'm still sort of like, really? Okay. Like yeah. I still it's still hard to let in. I will say one thing I did that is been pretty interesting is I got a tattoo in 2019, right before the pandemic. And growing up a nice Jewish boy in West LA, getting a tattoo was like my, I'm, I'm going to like, my family's going to kill me. Mm -hmm. And growing up being the kid who sort of does everything right, doesn't break a lot of rules. It was like, even at 45, 
I can't get a tattoo because my mom's gonna be pissed. <laughs> and it was sort of like, really? Like, and so like yeah. in, in 2019, I was like, I think I'm getting a tattoo. Partly just to say, like, I can do it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm an adult. Like, I I I don't care what my family thinks of it. They don't care. They didn't care, by the way, like one bit. But I got a tattoo for and but the other part of reason is like I'm like, I think there's something interesting about seeing body, our body as art. Mm-hmm. Or like worthy to display art. And I think that's like a that's a beautiful thing, right? Yeah. To sort of say, I can adorn my body yeah. with art because it's worthy mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. You know, right. and so that was that was a big piece of why I got a tattoo. A worthy canvas. Love that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And like body, that's like, you know, you're kind of like, you know, saying to yourself that you have body autonomy too. And it's yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> that's huge. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Can I ask what your tattoo is? Oh, totally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it is, uh, it's on my forum. I don't know if you do video on your podcast, but it's, um, yes. it is uh, the oh, Rebel cool. Alliance logo from Star Wars. Um, and mm-hmm. inside it, it's all black. And then inside in sort of negative space in white is hope, the word hope. Mm-hmm. Long story nice. short of why I have that mm-hmm. is I have, um, well, of course I love Star Wars. Um, but two is I wrote a talk, a presentation about Yoda. And Yoda is the master Jedi but he's also a master of intuitive eating and health and exercise. <laughs> yeah. And so I use like uh, uh, references from the movie quotes from Yoda to, to symbolize that or to sort of prove my point, prove my thesis. Right. Um, he's got a quote that says, judge me by my size. Do you right? And that's what sort of clicked for me. But the other part is, you know, it's the, it's the insignia of the rebellion. And this is a rebellion, like being, able to say I'm in this body and I'm not going to change it for anyone else. Um, and this is how it is, is a rebellion. It's an act of rebellion. And so, and I like rebellions. Like I like, um, you know, coming from a family that has been protesting since the day they were born. It seems like, like I like rebellions. I don't like the status quo. So it it spoke to me on that reason too. I, I want to go back um, with the time we have to, uh, again, like this idea of like, what's in it for me, because I think, I think that there's such a clear idea of what's in it for you to be a dieter, um, in, in like, you know, like there's this very sort of tangible thing to work towards that makes it worth it to completely lose touch with what your body actually wants to eat and how your body actually wants to move. Um, and what feels good, um, there is like this very strong compulsion towards, uh, aspiring to be fit and thin. So you have chosen, I I know, I don't know if you talked about it today, but I heard you talk about on the other talk that, you know, you were really into fitness, um, and your body, getting your body a certain way. And you did take on this rebellion. Um, and so what did you get from that? Like, what have you gotten from that? Um, I mean, literally everything. <laughs> like, I, I think I might cry just thinking about that. No, it's, it's been everything to me. 
Um, and I think the hard part in what you're talking about, Daniel, is dieting and and the 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 draw to it, right? This is why I like Star Wars too. It's dark side. It is Darth Vader. Like Darth Vader, like there is a pull because it's sexy, right? It's it's alluring. It is, and it's like really clearly defined. Do this, don't eat that, exercise this much, and here is your goal. Like it is completely laid out. And doing this work, and I think the reason it's why it's so hard for people to sometimes wrap wrap their head around is I don't have a good 30-second pitch for it. I don't have I don't have the sexy answer for you. Hmm? Right. And so it's I I can't I can't give you that answer because it's I it's it we're actually speaking the wrong language. Hmm. So what has it gotten me? Um like I said, it's gotten me everything. Like it's to be able to, to be able to not, not worry about, is this food good or bad? You know, to give up, to, to not have to hold space for how am I going to make this up later? Mm. <laughs> right. Or how am I going to like compensate for this later? Um, so bad. Like I'm such a failure. Like I, I tried it. Right. And I, and it worked for like six weeks, but now it's, I'm gaining weight again. And like, what did I do wrong? And, and like, I just feeling like horrible. Um, it gives, I think there's um, a freedom that I think most people don't know yes. that is out there. Right. And when you're so in it and to sort of say, I think the biggest question I get sometimes is like, okay, but what do you do? Like, so, so how do I do this? I'm like, well, yeah, it's a really good question. And we're going to figure it out together. But like, I don't have, if someone gives you a 60 second answer or a 30 second answer about how to do intuitive eating health at every size, I sort of tell them like, you might want to head for the hills <laughs> because it's not that simple. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so my, so, but like, it's gotten me, and aside from the food piece, it, I am larger now than I've ever been. And it's not easy. But I'm also like so much more comfortable in my body today than I ever was. I do things for my body, not to them. Right? So if I want to go for a walk, I'm going to go for a walk. It's not a should, right? Um, And if I'm, and what, like, I'm happily going to go to the doctor instead of avoiding the doctor. Right. I'm going to, I, I, I see a therapist, right. I am going to do, I'm going to like, you know, wake up early and go to the beach by myself because that's what I need. Like I need to do that. And I don't do it as often as I probably want to, but like it, it has given me the permission to take care of myself in a way that is I don't even know how to explain it really well, but it, it feels like the warm blanket we're all looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, and it's a blanket that is like also really hard. Like, again, I, I, it's not like it solves everything and it's not like it keeps every, it's not armor. Right. It, mm-hmm. it like perm, it's permeable. Um, but I think what, what it brings is like, it, it allows stuff in. I'm allowed to feel things, right? I'm allowed to feel 
and experience hard things. And I'm okay with it. Like those hard things are really okay. I really like what you said about there's this freedom out there. Um, But it's like, you really just don't even know what you're missing. Like until you taste it. Yeah. And and then you're like, Oh my God. Like it could be like this. Yeah. If you've had (laughs) non-fat yogurt your entire life and then you finally have like cool house, right. You're like, Oh, (laughs) Oh, Oh, like, wow. I get it. Right. Like, yeah. You finally put butter on your toast. You're like, Oh my goodness. Butter on toast is like amazing. Yeah. Dry toast is like horrible. I just want to say, um, Thanks for sharing that. That's um, it's really amazing to hear. Um, and what you were describing, you know, that's such a powerful idea of doing something for your body rather than doing something to your body. And, you know, it just seems so instrumental in like one's own mental health in that it's your relationship to yourself and like how you're taking care of yourself. So for every, for so many people to be doing these things to our bodies and I put myself in that category. Like I'll, I'll say the the way I uh, came across you, Aaron, which you know, but just for the people listening, is that I'm working with a colleague of yours on dismantling fat phobia and diet culture in my own life. Um, because, you know, having been bulimic, I never went to a treatment center or saw like somebody for it. I just kind of figured out a routine that allowed me to stop doing that. Um but I am asking you these questions from a place of self-interest because I am earlier on this journey and I feel so much fear around what would happen if I do, do allow myself to just have what I want and let go of the rules um, that I have thought necessary to keep my body a certain way for pretty much my whole life. It's scary. Like, I just want to say, like, I, I get that fear. And it is. And, you know, again, the, one of the things I tell my clients all the time is, again, that fear is totally valid. And you learned it because of diet culture, right? It's like, mm-hmm. this is how deep the rabbit hole goes, right? Like the, we believe it, we're not going to have control over food or control around food because that's what we've been taught. And that's what we've been, re- has been reinforced. And unlearning that takes time. And yeah, it's super scary. And we habituate. Like, mm-hmm. it happens. Mm-hmm. And it is. it is. It's really scary. And so for the folks out there who are like sort of really identifying your story too, Daniel, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. I just want to say like, it's totally possible. Like, it's totally possible. And find a good person like you have that is going to like, that you're going to trust through the process, right? Because like, I think having someone alongside with you is really, really helpful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's just so much sadness, I feel, thinking about um, like people essentially missing their lives. Because that's what I think about with diet culture is like, you don't get to enjoy like the birthday party or you're constantly thinking about the calories or the macros or whatever. And so it's like, that's just like this shadow of a life. That's like, yeah, <laughs> not really being fully present with, with anything. It just yeah. feels so sad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, th- I think also on the other end, I w- work with a lot of folks who are like, and I'm not going to go on that trip. 
mm-hmm. right? Or I'm not going to like mm-hmm. go date because I think people are going to judge my body, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, like the, all of this keeps us from living our full lives across all the weight spectrums and all the experiences around food. Oh, Aaron, do you have anything you want to promote? Um, talked about this strangely life. enough, I do. Like, I, and I, I think, I don't know about you all, but I hate self-promotion, but you asked, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> you have um, to. <laughs> I, I, um, I actually have a new podcast coming out and it's related to exactly what we're talking about. It's called Men Unscripted. And what I'm doing is interviewing men and asking them to have a conversation with me and tell their body story. The key thing here is they're anonymous. So they're using aliases uh, and so that they can be hopefully as vulnerable as possible. And the hope is to like sort of be that resource. Daniel, like you mentioned earlier, like I want other folks to know that their experience is valid and that someone else is probably having something similar. Right. And it's okay to talk about it. Where can people find you um, um, other than the podcast? Yeah. Um, my website um, is, is um, I'm, it's, being redesigned and all this stuff, but like the, I'm on Instagram at Aaron Flores RDM. That's probably the best way. Uh, I, my website will be on there. Um, but yeah, follow me on, check me out on Instagram. I don't post a ton, but I do post some. Um, and you know, it's sort of me trying to be authentic and, um, some good, trying to put up some good resources and, and, uh, things like that. So that would be a good place to check me out. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks again for doing this. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. And that's our show. Thanks for joining us. Our music is by Nightlight. We self-produce this podcast, so please subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps.